Welcome to the first episode of the Northern Pines Podcast. My name is Mark. My plan was to be here with my friend Caitlin, but things came up and she couldn't make it. So I just wanted to talk about how her and I met and our, well, my experience at the gas station we worked at. And I'm going to refer to it as the gas station because I don't want to use brand names and end up getting sued. Some weird, weird shit happened at that place. Almost on a daily. Probably won't be able to think of every single thing that happened there, but I'll do my best to try and remember the the strangest experiences I had. So I'm going to hop right in then and go at it. So I started at the gas station in May of 2017. I was 16 then and didn't have a license, so I rode my bike to work every day. And it wasn't just any bike, it was this 1970s Schwinn Messenger. So this thing's 50 years old. It's got the big giant banana seat and high-rise handlebars and sissy bar. You know, I look like I was straight out of the movie Friday, like, rocking Debo's bike. <laughs> I got a lot of shit for riding that to work, but it was the only bike I had, and I love that thing. It was my uncle's old bike. So I worked there for the first time, because there was three separate times that I started and left and started and left. So the first segment that I worked at the gas station was from May of 2017 to August of 2017. And there wasn't a ton that I can remember that happened in that summer. A lot of it was the following year and the year after that when I was a senior in high school. So I worked that summer ended up leaving in August because I, I didn't want to have to juggle work and school. And Caitlin ended up starting in October, and she can talk about that in the next one. So I started school, realized I didn't have a ton of money saved up. My friends had jobs and cars and everything already, and they had their licenses. So everybody always wanted to do shit, and I was always the broke one. So... In December of that year, I started again. So it still would have been 2017. So I started again December of 2017. Ended up getting my license in January of 2017. Yeah, January of 2018. So I was 17 years old when I got my, my driver's license. So in that time frame of working there, that's when I started working nights. And I would work... A morning and I'd work a night shift. I'd do Friday night and Sunday mornings. And the night shift is when weird shit would start going on. And a lot of it was junkies, drunks, things like that. I had a lady come in. She walked right into the store, made direct eye contact with me, and pissed herself. She just, like, clear as day, pissed her pants. You could smell it. And she was just sitting there smiling. 
and then continued to walk around the store and grab the things she needed. I didn't say a word about it because I didn't want to start anything because I could tell she was on something. And it was just the weird, weird shit like that that would constantly happen. And eventually you just got used to it. You would expect it. If that was that was the talking point of the night, was just the weird people and the weird interactions you'd have. But also when I worked there, I never really cared too much about like the whole customer service thing. You know, you work in a retail job, and they always tell you, "Well, the customer's always right." Ninety-nine percent of the time, the customer can go fuck themselves. And I was always do some dumb shit. You know, you get some lady walking in and she'd be throwing a fit because you don't have her coffee. And she'd come up to the counter and, you know, well, why don't you have my coffee? And I would always get myself into trouble and say something stupid because I'd look right at her and go, well, I'm sorry, ma'am. The pot didn't tell me it was empty yet. And, you know, just piss them off even more until they leave. So, you know, every once in a while you got to make the fun for yourself while you're there. But I'm trying to think the other weird things that happened in that span that I was working there again. Because I ended up leaving the gas station again in May of 2018. Because I had started a summer job that paid better. can't really think of a ton of things that happened while I was working there then. I guess a lot of it was during my senior year. But I mean, you'd see some shit at the gas station, and sometimes it was literal shit that anybody who's walked into a gas station bathroom that's been absolutely destroyed... There was one occasion, and you'd never know who did it. That was the other problem, because it's not like there's cameras in the bathroom. I mean, you can see who's walking in and out, but you could never tell who was the one who wrecked that fucking bathroom. But I I remember one time a guy came in, and you could tell he was doing, like, the... uh, like the dog walk like you ever see a dog take a shit and it kind of waddles he was doing that type of thing where you knew he was going to use that bathroom and whatever was coming out of his ass wasn't going to be good so he goes in there and it was later at night so there, there wasn't anybody else around nobody else really came in the store or came and used the bathroom and I had to take a leak so I went in I used the bathroom opened the door and you could smell it immediately Like, that shit went into your pores, through your nose, got stuck in your hair. You could just feel it. And, you know, I just slowly put my foot on the stall door and kicked it open. And Jesus Christ, there was shit up the back of the wall. It it looked like this dude had gotten an enema and just exploded all over the back of the fucking wall. And... He left his underwear on the toilet. Not in the bowl. It was just sitting on top of the toilet. Like, the guy knew he had 
completely destroyed everything, including his clothes, and just left them there. Thankfully, I didn't clean it, because I, I made sure that everybody there knew who was above me. I would walk right out the front door and never come back if you asked me to clean something like that. That is just not going to happen for a little bit over minimum wage. So at least I didn't have to deal with cleaning that, because I would need well over $1,000, a hazmat suit, and a power washer to make that happen. But there was things like that all the time. Uh, one of the other things they, they had in the training, you'd have to sit and watch videos for training, and one of them was checking bathroom tiles. And not the floor tiles, the ceiling tiles, that if they were slightly pushed up or crooked or moved, that you were supposed to check them. And the reason for it was, people were do drug deals by pushing up the ceiling tile, putting the little baggie up there, putting the money up there, and then the dealer would come in, find the misplaced tile, take the money, put the drugs up there, and whoever left the money would come back in later and get their drugs. And I had it happen one time. Um, it was just me and my, my manager in the store... And it was the same thing, it was early in the morning, it was a morning shift. So I went in to use the bathroom, and there was no one else in the store at that time. And I go in there, I see the tiles just slightly pushed, so I just kind of tap it with my finger. And this bag falls out of the ceiling and just sits on the floor. And right away I knew it was crack. Because that, that's what's prevalent around here, is crack and meth. I just remember sitting there staring at this bag on the floor, and I knew not to touch it. That was the main thing. I didn't pick it up right away. I kind of just stuck my head out the bathroom, and I just yelled at my manager, like, there's crack in the ceiling again. And she just busts out laughing. She thinks I'm, like, making shit up, that I'm just fucking with her. And I told her, you know, no, I'm serious. Get me some gloves. I gotta pick this thing up and put it somewhere so we can call the police. And that's exactly what I did. You know, I went and got some rubber gloves so we could pick it up, put it behind the counter, and wait for the police to come. And it never went anywhere because it was the same thing. There's no way to definitively prove who left the drugs in the bathroom. <sighs> but man, that, that shit was something else. And now that I'm thinking back on it, it's just... Like I said, you get so used to it happening, it doesn't phase you anymore. You don't even think about it like, somebody's leaving drugs in the bathroom ceiling again, oh well. Yeah, it was pretty fucked up stuff, but it was, it was still fun, it was somewhat enjoyable. But we did have a lot of customers that were that were really good. You know, there's a lot of older couples that would just come in, get their coffee and paper every morning, sit and talk to you and get to know you. And that I really enjoyed. But nobody cares about that. You, you want to hear the, the fucking weird stuff that happened all the time. So, I had that second period until... May of 2018, I went and worked a couple of different jobs. I was doing tree services, and I worked at the uh, state fair 
for a little bit uh, for a couple weeks. And same thing happened. School starts up again. I start running out of money because I don't have a job. So I end up having to go back to the gas station, start all over again. And that's when a lot of the really weird stuff started going on and kind of the crazy shit and just stupid people that uh, I think one of the first things that I remember happening when I started there again my senior year there was a delivery driver for the gas that pulled in and we didn't notice it at first but you know there's the big giant uh, tanks underground they have the little latches, the trucks come in, hook up the hose, and it just dumps it all into the tank underground. So, he's doing his thing out there, you know, I'm not really paying attention to it. And there's a bunch of car dealerships down the road, and they come over and fill up their, their cars that they're selling and everything. So one of the, the dealers, one of the salesmen, comes into the store and asks us if something happened. You know, did gas spill out somewhere? And I'm kind of sitting there and I'm like, no, we didn't have a spill. Nobody dumped gas. There's not a leak. And he tells me, well, I can smell gasoline at our store, you know, about a quarter mile down the road. So I walk outside and it hits me immediately. You can just smell gasoline in the air. That is just strong and pungent. And I look over, and this delivery driver has gas just dumping out, and it's flowing into a storm drain. I mean, gallons just dumping out of the back of the truck. But he hooked something up wrong and turned the pump on, and it just started pouring out. So we have to make a report of it, obviously, because there's tons of lost revenue there. So we ask him... And the other thing is, too, if you have more than a five-gallon spill, the fire department needs to come in and do cleanup. So we go and talk to the driver and ask him, like, well, do you think it was more than five gallons? Yeah, you're right away. Just, no, no, it was, you know, maybe two or three. It wasn't much. I got it off right away. Well, there's a meter in the back of the store. So that meter tells you how much gas was in the tank, and then the delivery driver gives you a receipt of how much gas they put into the tank. So, at the end of it, those numbers should be the same, you know, based off of what the delivery driver put into the tank and where the tank level's sitting. Well, there was over 50 gallons short. Meaning that 50 gallons of gasoline had poured into this storm drain, and the storm drain flowed into wetlands. So we had to call the fire department immediately. They had to come in. And, and like, every truck from the fire department was at the store. The, ours was set up, so there was two entrances, and then there was a, a, a restaurant next door, so you could loop through the restaurant parking lot to get to the gas station. A little bit of thunder there, hopefully it doesn't start raining again. So, the fire department's trucks were blocking the two main entrances to the gas station. And you would think people would have enough common sense to look at a gas station, a place that sells extremely flammable fumes, 
see multiple fire engines there and have it click in their brains that maybe I shouldn't go in there. Maybe I shouldn't go and buy cigarettes, gas, whatever. But no, people were going through that restaurant parking lot and coming in through the backside to buy cigarettes. Oh shoot, it's going to start raining here. Well, I apologize if the sound quality gets iffy. you got a passing storm coming through here. And I'm inside of a tin building. So, if it gets too heavy, I'll just quit. So, uh, people were still coming in. And, and these people were coming in, they'd walk in, ask for a pack of smokes, and then look at me and ask why there was fire trucks outside. Like, that should have been the first question going through your head. You know, are they there to put out a fire? Is something going on where you probably shouldn't be there? That's just logical thinking. But yeah, people are really, really fucking stupid. That's another thing I learned working retail. People are fucking stupid. And the best rule of thumb to have when dealing with people in general now if you're younger and you listen to this and you know you're gonna just be starting a job in retail or you have a job in retail the best rule of thumb to have is that everybody is stupid but expect them to be stupider than what you think they're gonna be because nine times out of ten they're gonna be dumber than what you thought and that proved it. You, you know, common sense would tell you a gas station full of fire trucks is not the place you want to be. It was the same thing. We'd have cops come in and arrest people, and there'd be five, six squad cars with flashing lights, and you know, officers are trying to arrest someone, and some guy would just walk in and get a pack of smokes and just sit there and watch it happen from inside the store. And there was multiple gas stations like within an eighth of a mile of the one I worked at. They were all really close together. So it wouldn't have been difficult for people to just go down the street to the next gas station and get their smokes. I don't know what the fixation was on ours. So there's that, that massive gas spill. Um... Some of the, the stories people would tell us, that's what always baffled me, is random people would come in and tell us these stories about their lives, and I don't know them, I don't know their name. Like, the one I'm thinking of right now, I can't even, you know, try to keep myself from using this guy's name, because I don't know his name. I have no idea who he was, but he came into the store, there was nobody else in there, and he got smokes and whatever else, maybe a coffee. And he just stops and looks at me and goes, You know, man, things have been real rough with me lately. I think my wife's cheating on me. And, you know, I, I'm like 17 at this point. And I'm just like, yeah, yeah, sorry to hear that, man. I uh, hope you have a better day. You know, just trying to cut the shit and get the fuck out. 
And he starts going on. And he goes, no, I'm serious. I'm pretty sure my wife's cheating on me because I was doing laundry the other day. And I pulled out a pair of her panties. And at this point, I'm like sitting at him like, what the fuck are you going on about, man? And he tells me, I pull out a pair of her panties and there's cum stains in them. And I knew they weren't mine because I never came in her panties. And this dude is like in his 50s, 60s, he has white long hair. And telling me, a 17-year-old working at a gas station, about cum stains in his wife's panties. And, you know, I'm like, holy shit, man, you know, that's fucked up. And hopefully it gets better. And eventually he leaves. You know, that, that was kind of the end uh, of the first encounter with him. He leaves, and a few days later he comes back in, and I happen to be working. So he sees me again, and he lights right up. He's excited. Because it turns out... He hired a private investigator after finding these cum stains in his wife's panties. He hires a private investigator, and he's the one telling me all this, to go and follow his wife and find out if she's cheating. Well, he tells me this private investigator then sends him pictures of his wife fucking her boss. So he told me, too. He, he confronted his wife about it. And she tells him that her boss was forcing her into it. She didn't want to do it. It was a whole power move thing. She was kind of forced into it. She doesn't love him and all this. And the dude's okay with it. He straight up told me, like, she's not cheating on me. She's just kind of being forced into fucking her boss. So I'm okay with it. I'm not going to get a divorce or anything. And dude was fine. After he told me all this, he was completely fine with his wife fucking her boss. And he's just okay with it. But he told me this entire story, just something deeply, deeply personal about his life. And I don't know him. To this day, I have no idea what his name is, what kind of car he was driving. I know nothing about this guy other than he was an older dude. That was it. That was all I knew. And people would just get so personal. And a lot of the times it was hard. Because I remember, it wasn't me who said this. It was one of the one of the gals I work with. And I was doing other things behind the counter. And I apologize for the rain. Uh, I, I don't know how good the audio is sounding right now with the rain in the background. But one of the gals... I was working with was ringing and I was behind the counter just like sweeping up cleaning doing random stuff and a guy came in he's wearing like the 1950s 60s era like bluesy suits almost mafia style and he's got the real nice tilted fedora on dark sunglasses and he looks like he's about to go play in a blues band at some jazz club and he's really sharply dressed. So she asked him, the, the gal I was working with asked him, you know, what are you all dressed up for? What's the occasion? You look really good. And the guy just looks at her dead in the eyes and goes, my brother died, today's the funeral. And walked right out the door. That 
he could have been fucking with her 100%, but you feel like such a dick. You're not trying to dig into their personal life. That guy could have easily looked at him and just said, you know, got a family gathering today. Figured I'd dress up. Something like that, where you're not going to feel like an asshole for asking. But I could feel that tension. I felt like an asshole for being there. That, the shit like that would just cut right through you. And I don't know what compels people to just open up to a retail worker they've never met and get on a personal level with them. And some of the customers we were on a personal level level with, that they would come in every single day, they'd sit down, they'd talk with us, we'd talk to them. They knew what we were going to school for, you know, they knew our plans for college, things like that. Like, they knew our interests and hobbies... And we had some of them we were close for. I even have a few phone numbers of some of the regular customers that, uh... And I never really, like, hung out with a customer or anything like that or, like, did side work for them or anything. But I, you know, occasionally we'd... I'd call them for something or a lot of them were in different trades and just needed help with something. Things like that. We were close with some of the customers. That was another really weird one. Uh, there was one day, and this was the f- from the first segment that I worked at Holiday, that May of 2017 to August of 2017. It was my last day there, and there was maybe two hours left of my last shift. And two coach buses pull up. Why they were at this small gas station in a small fucking town. Because we're maybe 45 minutes out of the metro area. But these two coach buses pull up. And a bunch of teenagers start coming out. And there must have been 150 people between those two buses. And they're all German foreign exchange students. They hardly spoke a lick of English and they did not understand change. And that's what was so frustrating, that we're trying to ring these people up and get them out of the store as quickly as possible, because we got regular customers coming in, people getting gas. We don't want everybody just standing in line, because these 150 kids are coming to get chips and donuts and shit. And for whatever reason, I don't know how German currency works, but we'd give them the number, you know, whatever the total was for their purchase, and they'd sit there and flip through their bills and change trying to get exact. And most of them didn't have exact, and they'd sit there and stare at you like, what do I do now? So there was quite a few times going through that line of people that I'd have to reach over and, you know, grab a, a $10 or $20 bill out of their hands put it in my drawer. I didn't steal anything from them. I wasn't fucking sketchy. I was an honest person. I'd count their change back and give it to them, like, here's what you have back. And none of them really, like, argued it or said anything. They just kind of, like, looked at you and smiled and, okay. And that was kind of the end of it. And there was some kind of 
shenanigans we got into working there too because all of us were pretty close I mean, for the most part we all worked together and we worked decently well and there's a couple of outliers there but for the most part we worked really well together uh, Caitlin can talk more about it when I get her here and able to record but it was for her I believe it was for a graduation party. She can correct me later. But she had a giant cardboard cutout of her face. And we'd move it around the store. It was just like a running gag. Because the, the managers always came in uh, usually a half hour to an hour before the, the regular employees would come in. So the managers would mess with each other because they'd go hang this giant cardboard cutout of her face in an area where you wouldn't see it. Like, they'd put it on the back of a door. So if you walked through that door, you wouldn't notice it. But then you'd turn around to get something, and boom, there she is. And, yeah, this is just kind of a running game for us. This was dumb shit like that we'd do to each other. And, uh... I remember uh, one December, I can't remember which year it was. I was scheduled to work that day solely to put up Christmas decorations. And that was hell. Everybody that works retail, I have the utmost sympathy for you during... December and January. I know how fucking bad it is to walk into work and work a 10-hour shift listening to Jingle Bells sung by 12 different people all fucking day. That is the most ungodly thing. That should be considered criminal fucking torture by the corporate. Because corporate makes you do that shit. If our uh, district manager came in and there wasn't Christmas music playing, the store would get written up the employees working would get written up. The manager would get written up. It was fucking stupid. Like, I don't want to sit and listen to Christmas music for ten hours for an entire fucking week. It is god-awful. And it's the same songs. It's not like they're changing up. It, it's the same songs on loop. It's just terrible. So I had to put up the Christmas decorations this year. And above the cooler is a storage space. There's just a bunch of boxes up there. But if you're claustrophobic, you would not be able to get up there. That there's enough room for you to, like, army crawl your body through this tunnel. The door to get in there is a latch above the cooler that is, like, two and a half feet by two and a half feet, if even that. So, I set the ladder up, I go up above the cooler, and I didn't know what side the decorations were on, so I ended up crawling through the wrong side, and I had to crawl all the way to the other side of the cooler. It didn't click in my head that, like, you know, after I got, like, five feet in, well, maybe I should go backwards and go back down the ladder. I kept going throughout the whole cooler, and the cooler is like 20 feet long, and like 20 or 30 feet long. So I go down the entire length of the cooler, finally find the boxes, 
open up the hatch on the other side, and I realize I can't get out. <laughs> there's no ladder. There's no way for me to pull myself out of this without just falling six feet and landing on my face. So I call my manager while I'm inside this tunnel on top of the cooler, and I ask her, can you get the ladder and bring it around to the other side so I can, I can get down? But for whatever reason, she misunderstood me and thought I was just standing on the ground on the other side and I was trying to get up to the cooler, to the crawl space. She comes in looking for me and this hatch to the other side doesn't stay open. It's on a spring lock, so it comes back. So I was sitting up there with it closed and she comes in and starts yelling for me, wondering where the fuck I am. Because apparently they were searching the entire store trying to find me and I didn't tell anybody that I went up above the cooler. So I fling this door open and she screams. I just fucking Bloody Mary scream. Like, I would have not been surprised if she shat in her pants that... Like, I wasn't trying to scare the hell out of her. I was just trying to tell her, like, I'm up here. And it scared the fuck out of her. Because you're not expecting somebody to pop out of the fucking ceiling be like, do you have my ladder? So, things like that happened all the time, and it was weird. You would think for an empty gas station, it'd be hard to sneak around. It was super easy. We'd... That was also kind of a running thing with us. Like, just spooking the shit out of each other. Like, if one of the girls were working the counter, I'd go out on break and, like, walk back in, grab a water bottle, and, like, throw it across the store, and just watch them freak out. Sounds like I was fucking torturing my co-workers, but we'd all mess with each other. They'd do the same thing to me. I mean, that shit was fun. It was a fun experience. It was a fucked up experience. You'd meet some fucked up people, that was for sure, but I feel like it built a lot of character, that I mean, you know, you could get a job at Target, or like a department store, where the people coming in there, you might have some like fucking Karen type people, but you're not gonna have some messed up lady walk in and piss herself while making eye contact with you. That kind of stuff didn't happen, you know, isn't going to happen at a Target. Uh, depending where you are, it might, but in this area, it's not going to happen. But the gas stations are just something else. It's, it's an experience like no other. And just working there and, and everything. But it was good. I, I enjoyed it for the most part. I had got along with everybody I work with. I mean, man, I, I really wish Caitlin was here because I feel like I was just talking about it and laughing about the things that happened there. And I'm sure next week when she's here in a couple days when we're, we're able to record again, um, when she starts talking about the, the stuff that happened there, I'm, I'm sure it'll be more interesting. I know I'm not the most entertaining person. But uh, also, our, our goal of our podcast here, I should have covered this in the beginning instead of the very end, because most of you probably dropped out by this point. 
but our our kind of overall basis of this podcast is that both of us grew up in in Minnesota and we're fond of the Midwest. We know the Midwest very well. So we kind of wanted to touch on that cuz you don't hear a lot of podcasts about the Midwest. You got you know, people in LA, people in New York, then that's all you really hear about. And who gives a fuck about the big cities? You people aren't entertaining. Like, the shit that happens here, you, you can't really... You're not gonna see it in a movie. It's not Hollywood. But it's entertaining nonetheless. It, to us, at least, it is. So, uh, I'm hoping you guys stay entertained, and it, it'll get better. I mean, at the moment, I'm recording on my phone, and like I said, I'm inside of a tin building that started raining, the audio is not fantastic, but we're just starting small. We're, we're seeing where this goes. Uh, we did start an Instagram, and maybe I'll, I'll put up a picture of that, that old Schwinn. I know I have a couple pictures of it somewhere. Um, and our Instagram is just... Northern Pines Podcast, no spaces, no capitals, just straightforward. So, I mean, I'm hoping we can do one, maybe two podcasts every week, just kind of sit and talk for a half hour to maybe two hours at the most, give you something to listen to, and if you're not from the Midwest, maybe you can learn something about the area, and if you are from the Midwest, maybe we're giving you something to relate about. One thing I do want to touch on, because I'm sure if there's anybody that's going to listen to this that isn't from the Midwest, and you've watched the movie Fargo, we don't fucking sound like that. It breaks my fucking heart that Winona Ryder was part of that movie, because if you don't know, Winona Ryder's from Minnesota. She's from Winona, Minnesota. We don't sound like that. Now, certain words, like, yeah, I say Minnesota. It's not exaggerated. We don't all sound like a bunch of Scandinavian bumpkins. I don't know why that irritates me so much, but I cannot watch Fargo because of that. And people from Fargo don't sound like that either. Nobody talks like that. Now maybe way up on the northern border, I've met people that talk like that. I have family that are right on the Canadian border. They somewhat sound like that. I've met Canadians that have come down. They have a slight accent. But we don't exaggerate everything like that. So don't have that expectation that every single person we're going to have on this podcast is, is going to sound like we're straight out of, uh, of the movie Fargo. But, uh... I just want to say thank you for listening to my 40-minute rant about the, the little things that happened. It happened while I was working at the gas station. And there's a lot more. And I'm, I'm sure um, when I get talking with Caitlin, there's going to be a lot more that we remember. And she's going to make it a lot more entertaining. She's a very bubbly and an excitable person. So she'll bring a lot of energy. I mean, hopefully, guys, you, you stay tuned for the next episodes here, and we'll see how everything goes. So thank you for listening to the first episode.